0: Turn in your Bible to two passages, Ephesians 4 and 1 Timothy 4. Ephesians 4 and 1 Timothy 4. And hold your place in both places because we continue with our church-wide campaign called Let Us Pray. Everyone say, Let Us Pray. How many of you used to say, at the table, you ever, did y'all pray around your table? Were y'all heathens and didn't pray over your food or did, when you were growing up or did you pray for your food? Uh, and that's a big deal. And man, and it, it would be, you may not ever pray uh, except in a thunderstorm or whatever, but at, 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 you pray for that food. And you, and you might hear, well, let us pray. You ever been in a more traditional church and the pastor, he would talk to you like this before church. Hey, how's it going? Good to see you. How's your golf game? Did you catch any fish? And then he gets up there and goes, let us pray. What happened to his voice? I don't know. It changed. Let us pray. We've heard that. But listen. Uh, God wants us to pray together. I believe churches and families that pray together stay together. And so it's a 40-day campaign. We'll talk about it just for a moment. Let me review. Second Chronicles 7.14, our keynote verse. Uh, let's read it out loud together. Everybody say, I'm going to read this out loud together. Come on. Here we go. All together. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my I feel like I was the only ones reading. Beverly, were you reading out loud? Here we go. Everybody together. I don't want to feel I don't want to be alone. Bubba, are you still high and dry? He lives, Bubba, for some strange reason, built his house down on the Pine Island Bayou. Uh, I mean, it's right there, right? And I think every, did you have to get in a boat to come to church this morning? He, he, he actually got in a boat to get to, give Bubba a hand right there. He, got, he had to get in a boat to get to church today. My goodness. Oh, and his swimming pool's disappeared because it's the whole Bayou's now his swimming pool. It's real big. <laughs> I'm glad you're still high and dry. I'm sorry I got distracted. Bubba, you're a very distracting person this morning, I guess. Here we go. Let's all try it together. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin And heal their land. What a promise from God. Uh, it's plural, by the way. God's looking us to, looking at us not only to pray in our private prayer closet, but to pray together and to pray corporately together. And and so that's what we're endeavoring to do. Let us pray as a 40 day or a 40, really, you know, between Mother's Day and Father's Day, about 40 days. It's a church-wide campaign to radically revolutionize our relationship with God at the place of prayer. And I pray that you're praying. I pray that your prayer life is growing. I pray that you're becoming more like Christ, that you're calling, uh, hey, and gathering together and praying as a family, praying with us here at the church as a church family, praying in your private prayer closet. I'm telling you, when you begin to ignite the prayer, uh, you put on the prayer shawl, whatever you wanna do, go into your closet, and when you pray, I'm telling you, God will show up. He said, see, I'm preaching. I, this is an introduction. I just get all excited. He said this, if we call unto him, he will answer us and show us great and mighty things which we know not. And years ago, God ignited my prayer life, even as a young man right out of high school. And I, I, am, I did learn, and I'm still learning how to pray and stay in contact with God and grow spiritually because I'm a prayer. Uh, and I'm not as good as I should, but I certainly uh, I thank God that I've learned how to call. On the name of the Lord and pray through the model prayer. Uh, And so it's a time when we all need to be praying. In fact, we looked at the first century church in Acts chapter 4. You know, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. The church was born, and thousands of people were being born again. Miracles were happening everywhere. And the religious leaders of the day uh, threatened them to speak no more in this name called Jesus. And they rallied together, and they prayed, and they prayed together, and they prayed in faith. See, you see, they were at a defining moment. Did you know the church could have died within weeks of its birth? How many of you know all newborns are very vulnerable in the first few days and weeks of their life? They need, they need constant help and care. You know, the other day I was driving down the road in a, in a, a doe, a, a, a doe, a deer, a female deer. She went kind of trotting through the, across the road. And then behind her came a little fawn that it could not have been. I mean, it's about that tall. Just, and you know, I went, oh my goodness. I tried to get my phone, couldn't get it. And I thought, now that's very vulnerable. Uh, you know, just the little baby deer just so vulnerable at that key moment in his life and realizing he, he needs his mama. And And so newborn things are very vulnerable. And the church was very vulnerable in Acts chapter three and four, but she was growing and prospering. But at the same time, the enemy tried to stifle her. She was at a defining moment. And in that defining moment, she, the church began to pray. And the Bible says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered was shaken. And they are all filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And the church in their defining moment, in that press to to be stifled, they prayed through and it pressed them forward into the destiny of God for 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 their lives and for our future. How many of you appreciate the first century church pressing through at the place of prayer so we could be here today? Somebody say amen. With that in mind, our church is at a defining moment. We're at a place where we must press forward. We must press forward. Somebody say, press forward. And so because of that, we're praying together. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, let us pray. Because if the first century church learned that fine art, then we should learn that fine art. And we need to realize that retreat is not an option. To digress is to die. Somebody say to digress is to die. Listen, we have no options. We must press forward. We must a- expand the kingdom. We must grow physically, financially, spiritually, and, and, and in every way. We must press forward. We must take new ground for God. We're at a defining moment. So what should we do? Worry and fret and foam? No. Somebody say, let us pray. Let us pray. And so, so that's where we're at. And we'll continue on through this month. Uh, And so, God laid on my heart four church-wide focal points of prayer. And here they are quickly. We've been going through them. Uh, And the first one is a renewed commitment to gather. Everybody say Gather. Now that was last Sunday. Now that was a bad Sunday to be talking about gathering together as the family of faith cuz it was Memorial Day weekend uh, and boo uh, man it was it was it's kind of thin here this morning but it was really thin last Sunday. So let me just rehearse and review with you. Look at hey everybody just say we're better together. And we're praying for our church family. This is what I've been praying for you and some of you at work this morning. Uh, I'm praying that, that our church family, number one, you see, if the family's not strong, it doesn't matter how much we want to reach out beyond these four walls. If we don't have a healthy, uh, understanding and insight of the priority of our church family, then we're not going to, we're not going to press forward. We're going to digress. So this needs to become the DNA and the culture of our church that uh, I'm renewing my commitment to gather together with the family family of faith. Tell somebody we're better together. That was last Sunday. Hey, for for goodness sake, Go back if you missed. And hey, it's okay if you did. Uh, you're with family and friends. I get it. I understand. Uh, hey, no problem there by me. Just go back and listen. And let's, kept, let's let this become the DNA of our life and just realize, hey, we're better together. This is who I am. And let me, and, and in fact, this morning I posted on Facebook. I just want the whole world to know I'm, I am, I am committed to the, the head of the church. Jesus Christ, and I'm committed to His church family, because we're better together. That was last Sunday. Now this morning, in a few moments, we're gonna look at the fact that we're, we, we need to pray over a renewed commitment to grow. Everybody say, growing people grow people. If we're not growing, we're dying spiritually. And then, we're, we were praying for a renewed commitment to give, not just of our resources but of our lives uh, if necessary. Uh, and then the fourth one is really the capstone of it all. We need to pray for a renewed commitment to go. That's from uh, the Great Commission. We go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. In other words, we're making a difference in the world. We're reaching beyond the four walls of our own families and and and, and our, our little uh, club that we have together and reaching out to people that need Christ. How many of you know some people that need Christ today. They're lost on their way to a devil's hell. They need, they need the church for goodness sake to rise up and realize this is who we are. We're, we're to reach out beyond the four walls. Pastor Sunny and Susan were here a few weeks ago Wednesday night and he said this is the age, this is the hour for the church to reach beyond the four walls and go and make a difference in the world. So there's the four thoughts, the four prayer points and we've melted it down to a saying and I want us all to say it together. Let's just say it this way. Let's read it out loud even better and bolder than we did the first scripture Here we go We're called to gather We're called to grow We're called to give And we're called to go Do it again We're called to gather And we're called to grow We're called to give And we're called to go I think and I feel and I sense In fact, I just turned 60 Do I look 60? Do I look? Okay Okay Now, y'all be nice, but be honest. How many of you think I look younger than 60? Raise your hand. Oh. How many of you think, no, don't do that. I'll just be happy with that number right there. And I realize I'm 60, for goodness sake. I still got a lot of life in me. I still got a skip in my step. Uh, I was up on a scaffold, nailing in and stapling in insulation for our remodel of our old rent house and uh, in fact i've worked pretty hard in fact this morning i woke my wife up i got up to get up and make the coffee and both of my backs and my calves cramped up so bad that i screamed like a woman ah! scared my wife to death she jumped up started trying to massage my legs and oh that doesn't help oh goodness help me jesus help me jesus help me. I mean, I mean, the old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be, but I still got a lot of life left in me. How many of you older gentlemen feel like that? Amen? Uh, and so, I'm, I'm thinking that this phrase is, is, is our phrase, our vision, our calling for the next ten years, at least. I told Pastor Sonny, I said, this may be my ten-year press. By the time, how many of you hope to be here when I'm 70? Amen. I don't have any place to go. All right. I hope so. And I hope a lot of your friends and family are here. But, uh, you, in 10 years from now, we may return to this place and, and be able to say, man, I'm so glad that 10 years ago, we caught this vision of praying for our church family that, that melded and morphed into the vision of our church in a whole new way where we could get a hold of it. We're called to gather. We're called to grow. We're called to give and we're called to go. Whoo. Somebody say amen. Man, that just rolls off my tongue with great excitement and anticipation. and This must become, listen to me, we're at a defining moment. Here's the reality. This must become the DNA of our heart. I met with, I may not get to call to grow here in a minute, but let me just say, uh, I had supper with uh, uh, Sonny and Susan, Beverly and I, with uh, Richard Vaughn the other evening. And he's such a great guy. He's just 50-something years of ministry and he'd been out of pastoral ministry a while, and he said, "I was talking to a pastor the other day, and he said something to me that was shocking." And I, we said, "What?" He said, "He said that uh, that the percentages of people attending church today—we're talking about people who call themselves uh, members of a church—the the, the percentage of their attendance is is quickly dropping below fifty percent." He was shocked by that. Well, Pastor Sonny and I were not shocked because we know that's the case statistically in the 80s any given on any given sunday a pastor knew that about 80% of his people uh, would be at church on any given sunday morning in the 90s it dropped to 70 and 65 in the 2000s it got down to uh, 60% and now we're at, at at 50% and he was shocked by that we're not shocked and that's the reality let me tell you something as we talk in just a few moments there is a cultural war going on against the church Right now, you may or may not believe it or not. In fact, uh, Aaron and I were talking before church. He said, I can't believe these baseball tournaments and all these things that these, these extracurricular activities, they're having them on Wednesday night and Sunday. What are they, what's up with that? You know, we won't punch somebody out about that. What's up with that is the, is the culture of our communities and our world is no longer God conscious. You need to understand that. So who cares if it gets involved with the church? I'm telling you, and I'm not on a war path against that, but I'll tell you what I'm on a war path against, the culture of our world that has been undermining the family of faith. Everybody say we're called to gather. We're called to grow. We're called to give. And we're called to go. Woo, amen. So with that in mind, let's talk about we're called to grow. Are you you in Ephesians 4? If you're in Ephesians 4, say, woo, I'm glad I made it. When I get there, I'll say it. If you're ahead of me, normally I plan for these things. You would think I would. Ephesians 4. I'm glad I made it. Here we go. Ephesians 4, verse 11. I want to give you a little context here. Paul the Apostle, by the way, was just the growth guru for the church. And he says, and he he himself, that is God himself, or Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the working of the ministry, for the edifying, everybody say edifying, That's the building up or the growth of the body of Christ. In other words, God gives leaders in the church to equip us uh, for the work of ministry. And let me just say to you, let's go back to that 50% thing for a moment. If only 50% of the people are showing up at any given church on a Sunday morning, how many of you think it's pretty hard for the leadership to equip the church for the work of ministry and for spiritual growth? You see, we're going in the wrong direction. Look at your neighbors. They were going in the wrong direction here. The church is going in the wrong direction and so it becomes a challenge but that's what we're here for he says for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying or building up or the growing of the body of christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god and to a perfect or mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ look at your other neighbor and say we hadn't quite made that part yet we're not there yet we got to keep growing He said that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. In other words, stop. Look up at me. In other words, we got to grow up here. Look at, hey, just say it out loud. We better grow up here. He said that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Stop. Pause. Let me tell you. That's what's going on in the world today. I'm telling you. And, and Beverly and I are appalled. We're appalled at people that we know and people who have come through the doors of the church that, that have let this enemy in and they undermine the core of their lives. It grieves us to the core. And we see their kids grow up, go out and, and get in trouble and have problems because they don't understand the priority and the importance of gathering together. And they come back, and here's where the word regret comes. They come back with great regret. I wish I had done differently in my life. This is the priority. We're growing together. Don't be children. There's all kinds of influences out there. Look in verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up. Somebody say, grow up. Grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by which every part supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes what? Causes growth. Somebody say Growth. So in other words, when we get plugged in and get involved and realize, man, that, hey, I'm called to gather. Uh, and guess what happens? When we gather together and the and the leadership ha- are allowed the fine opportunity of impacting your world uh, more than once uh, 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 ever other week, uh, then things begin to change and growth begins to happen and God is glorified and the world is changed and everybody begins to see the influence of Christ in the earth we're called to grow. Tell somebody growing people, grow people. Now, Paul, the apostle, as I said, he was a spiritual growth guru. I'm telling you. And he was always on the church. He was always spurring and, and pressing the church to spiritual growth just for kicks Turn over to Colossians. Just, let me just read. I could preach from these verses, but let me just read them so you'll catch this. Colossians chapter one. Just take a ride. It's just right there. Colossians chapter one, verse, I think it's verse 10. Look at it. He says this, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Man, I'm telling you, that's the goal that God has for all of us. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing. Somebody say increasing. That, that word is translated in other, I think the Ephesians passage, uh, as growth. And that's really what growth is, to increase, to enlarge and expand. He said, he said, this is what I'm asking God for. This is what I desire of you, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing or growing in the knowledge of God. Now, that's not just head knowledge. That's relational heart knowledge. How many of you know there's a difference? How I many you know there's a lot of people have a lot of head knowledge about God, but they have no heart knowledge of God? There's a lot of people in churches, they think they're going to heaven, but they've never had an experience with Him. They have no personal relationship with Him in their heart. They have no heart knowledge of God. And Paul said, here's what I'm asking you. This is what you need to, 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 to press toward. That you increase in the relational knowledge of God. That you, what's He saying? Grow spiritually. Look in Colossians chapter, uh, oh, let's see, what is it? Colossians 2.19. I'll just read it quickly for you and then we'll move on. He said, and not holding fast to the head. That's people who are, who are being led away by this, this cultural war against the body of Christ. They're not holding fast to the head, speaking of Jesus, from whom all the body, now catch this, he's talking about the body of Christ, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. I love that. Oh, God, help us gather together and not listen to this cultural uh, uh, lie of the devil, but realize the priority, the importance of the family of faith and let us grow and increase together with the increase of God in our hearts. Everybody say, growing people grow people. And so we're called to grow and it's really... It's what we call spiritual maturity, growing spiritually, not just growing physically or emotionally or relationally or financially, but growing spiritually. And let me just say this, this is not in my notes or yours, but let me just say this. When you do not grow spiritually, it negatively affects every other area of your life. It's, it's, it traumatizes and undermines every other area of your life. And so, so it's the priority of God for us to grow spiritually. Now turn to First Timothy chapter 4. And I'll get into the meat of the message. First Timothy, in fact, in in Ephesians, I said Paul was like the spiritual growth guru. In Ephesians and in Colossians both, he's talking to the church. He's talking to the, to the, to the corporate uh, family of faith and, and he's challenging the church to grow spiritually and realize we're part of a family and we're better together. Somebody say we're better together. And that when we come together and grow together, man, God is glorified. He's the head of the church, and, and and we edify one another, and we build up one another, and we have an increase, a growth of the relational knowledge and understanding of God in our life. But in First Timothy, he's talking to one person. Now, though Paul didn't realize that at this time when he wrote this letter to Timothy, this was God's inspired word for us as well. But he's speaking to one person. He's writing to Timothy, his son in the faith. Now, how many of you, when you look at your family, there's things that you just know you need to say. Some things you know they need to know. Some things you know they need to know in order to grow. And Paul is coming to the close of his life. And so he's trying to get his house in order and get, keep the church healthy and keep people moving forward. And in chapter four, really, I'm going to read the whole chapter. Somebody say, Oh my goodness. I'm going to read the whole chapter. He's going to read the whole chapter. He's reading the whole chapter. Oh my goodness. Uh, is it 144 characters? I don't know what tweet is. Is that 140? What is it with Twitter? How many, Ryan? 144? It's probably more than 144 characters. So if you're a Twitter guy and you shut down after 144 characters, you're going you're to be in trouble here. But I want to I read you this because it, he, he's going to define the culture of the day, which is just like today. And then he's going to give Timothy some... Huge. Everybody say huge. Some huge important growth guidelines for for his life and ultimately for our life. Here we go. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit expressly says, now he's just writing to Timmy. It's just Timmy he's writing to. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. We're right there, folks. This is the culture of our day. Are you with me today? Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods. Let me tell you something. Everybody say, you see that forbidding to marry? Let me just say, there's an attack Listen, I'll say it in a broader way. There is a demonic attack on the foundational core of the family. To try to redefine the family. This is the last day. In case you don't realize, just tell somebody we're living in the last days. There's a, there's a, catch the little, catch the little play on words. There's a culture problem. Did you catch it? There's the cultish nature of the, forces of darkness at work that has shifted the culture of, of the community and the culture of the church away from the foundations of their faith and hey think of it from a national perspective our nation and the and the foundation of what we were built upon has been watered down and attacked and undermined it's been a systematic demonic uh, 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 onslaught against the church and I'm telling you it, it's working in a lot of areas and it's time we step up and say Whoo, we we can ha- We got to start growing spiritually to be able to combat the, co- the, the 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 common enemy we have. It's a culture war that has cultish roots. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it's received with thanksgiving for it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Now catch on, here he goes. He's talking to Timmy, his son in the faith. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject, watch verse seven, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. We'll come back to that. For bodily exercise profits a little bit. Godliness is profitable. For all things, I'm telling you, there is a wealth of knowledge and insight right there, man. It just if I had time to unpack this, I, I said it a little earlier. If you're if you're stunted spiritually, it'll affect every area of your life. But if you're growing spiritually, it, it has it has promise of this life that now is and that which is to come. It'll it'll affect you in every area of your life if you're growing spiritually. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially those who believe. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and impurity. Till I come, give attention. He's talking about growing spiritually here. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, which is teaching. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress, somebody say progress, That your progress or your spiritual growth may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, to the teaching. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. And he's talking about being saved from this cultural uh, attack in these last days. How many of you want to be victorious over this stuff? We got to grow. Hey, just just say we're called to grow we're called to gather and we're called to grow and if we're not, and, and Paul talking to Timmy here he just says Timmy let me just t- give you some insight. let me give you some guidelines about your spiritual growth uh, because un- understand there's a cultural war going on that if you just sit back and case, sera, sera and sit around on your blessed assurance uh, and think well one day I'm going to go to heaven with Jesus and you don't grow spiritually uh, you're going to be undermined you're going to hey you're going to be attacked and overwhelmed and overcome by this cult Culture war that's going on. How many of you know some people are losing that battle? I know some believers losing the battle. They're just losing it. And you'd ask them, talk to them. They just believe in Jesus, they believe in God, but they're losing the battle all around them. Because in these last days, remember what Hebrews said uh, as the day approaches, the day of the Lord re- approaches. Forsake not dissembling assembling together as a matter of some is so much more as you see that day approaching. Those last day, the last days. Okay, here we go. Okay, with that in mind, whoo! Let me give you some thoughts about spiritual growth that Paul had here for his son in the faith, Timothy. It's just some growth guidelines, just some three thoughts. These will be easy for you to write down. And I got a little guts with each one of them, a little, little meat on the bone here for each one. Uh, and, and so here, here's my I- insight from this passage of scripture from Paul to Timothy uh, and that he's trying to get across to Timothy, spiritual growth or spiritual maturity must become a daily discipline. Everybody say a daily discipline. You see, spiritual growth and maturity doesn't happen in a day. It happens daily. In fact, if you go back and look at the first century church in Acts chapter 2 and 3, what does it say? They were, they were continuing steadfastly in the apostles, in the apostles doctrine or teaching. In other words, they were listening and learning and growing. It was a daily occurrence in their life. In fact, they had church all the time. Woo, man, that would mess some of you up just really bad. They had church all the time. Uh, and, and now we're trying to figure out how to have us had at least church we can. Oh, goodness gracious, the attendance, the attention span of the people are getting smaller so the pastor better not talk over about 20 minutes because they're lost. Hey I get you once maybe twice a week and and the statistics show that most people aren't coming but every other Sunday so give me a break for goodness sake I got something to say It must become our daily discipline. I got one person agreed with that. I'll take 25 minutes. I'm joking with you a little bit, a little. It's got to become our daily discipline. Now, let me break down verse seven for you. Just kind of show it to you. Verse seven, but reject profane and old wise fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. Everyone say exercise yourself toward godliness. Let me give you four thoughts, four words, exercise yourself toward godliness. Let me give you the first one, the word exercise. That means that spiritual growth has to become a priority in our life. How many of you know exercise, if it doesn't become a priority, is just useless? Useless. How many of you know, and the, and the illustration is clear, and Paul all through Scripture, talked, he equates physical exercise. In fact, what did he say in this passage? He said bodily exercise profits a little, but spiritual exercise will profit you in all areas of your life. And how many of you know, If you, in fact, I'm going to give you a little secret here so I've given this before. Exercise yourself, the Greek word is gumnos. Everybody say Gumnos. It's where we get the, the word gymnasium. So the, the 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 illustration is clear as a bell. But in and 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 in Greek days, and in, in Paul's day, uh, if you rem- remember uh, that when you ex- these exercise yourself, they would unencumber themselves with clothing. In other words, they would become naked i just have to say that and and the and the the actual greek word here for exercise is to is to exercise naked now the spiritual illustration this don't take this literally unless you want to in the comfort of your own home what, what they did back then was they knew they can't be encumbered by other things that would hinder them in the process of becoming strong. And so Paul comes along and he says, listen, you've got to begin to exercise yourself towards godliness. It's got to become a priority. You can't let all these other things hinder you in life. It has to become the priority of your life. And if you're going to go to the gym, work out for goodness sakes. I've never had a gym membership. I did once, Beverly bought me one in hopes that I would go and I said, I ain't going down there. I'm not going down there and hanging out with all the It just ain't happening. We went back and begged for our money back. I threw her on the mercy of the court. Hey, extra, it's, it's, it's got to become priority. Spiritual growth has to become the priority of our life. A daily discipline in our life. The second word, yourself. you got to make it personal and realize you're responsible for your spiritual growth. Pastor's not responsible. Mama's not responsible ultimately. The Pope's not responsible. Aren't you glad? You're responsible for your own spiritual growth. Teenagers, young people, adults together, you're responsible for your spiritual growth. Now parents, let me throw this. While you have your kids, you are responsible for their spiritual growth. I had someone tell me one day their kids were still living at home. Well, you know, she's 16. She's got to make her own decisions. I wanted to say, not while they're living in your house, they don't. Do you let your kids make all the financial decisions? I started to cuss right there, no and you know, I am mean, come on, no. No, I don't cuss. But I'm telling you, here's what I want you to know. Listen, we don't let our kids make decisions about your future, your finances. You straight they're straight and narrow. Then you want to, but when it comes to their spiritual growth, well, they is 16. They're going to make their own choices. I guess we'll just let this culture war take them, sweep them right off and right out into the cultish world of, of anti-God and anti-Christ. Are y'all with me here today? I'm telling you, listen, we, we have to take responsibility Parents, it's time we take responsibility for our kids and make this thing personal. Do you have a spiritual growth plan in your household? Do you have a regular daily dis- d- discipleship time with your wife, your kids, your family? Do you care? Do you give a flip about where they end up in eternity? <sighs> Help me, Jesus. It's a daily discipline. It's got to to be top priority. It's got to be personal. And number three, he says, exercise yourself toward. In other words, there has to be recognizable progress. You've got to be going forward. And let me just stop and ask you. Can you see any spiritual progress in your life? Well, I came to church today, Pastor. That's progress. I'll give you... a brownie star you showed up i appreciate that but listen it's a daily thing spiritual progress listen if you just wait from sunday to every other sunday to show up like most people are you're not going to progress spiritually if you just hit miss if i got 44 minutes every other uh, you know, twenty-two one Sunday, and then two weeks later another twenty-two, uh, and then if you show up on Wednesday night every once in a while, a uh, very limited influence in your life. You need to understand that. And it's and 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 if you're going to progress, you certainly have to take personal responsibility and begin to put together a plan and say, you know what, I'm not going to sit here till I sour and die. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to ask you, what are you working towards? Listen, if you go to the gym, work out for goodness sake, and and there's got to be progress. My wife has and I have both. Lost 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 some weight. We began to see a little progress, but we realize we can't stop there. We can't just... I better hush. She's going to make me walk some more. Uh, We got to keep moving forward. Uh, There's got to be progress. You got to be going forward. Listen, if we don't go forward, if we digress and stifle and stagnate spiritually, we will die. And listen, God's not opposed to killing church if it's not productive and growing. I just thought I'd say that. But it wasn't him, really, it was us. Uh, listen, we got a, pre- we're at a press forward moment. And this is a defining moment. We've got to grow spiritually. Exercise yourself toward godliness. There's got to be a priority. We've got to make it personal. In fact, the other day, the, the last week, a uh, couple weeks ago, when we were talking about bitterness, we were looking in Hebrews 12 about the root of bitterness and learning how to win the bitterness battle. And, and there was a phrase in there that says, looking to yourself or looking, uh, and, and the word Word was uh, the same word where we get uh, the the overseer. It was I forget the word uh, episkopos, his overseer, leader. And he said looking to yourself, uh, and he's what he's saying is, be the overseer of your own life, and begin to watch your spiritual progress, and make sure you're growing spiritually, and, and take responsibility for pressing forward. And then there's a fourth word there. It's godliness. That's the prize. That's the product. That's where we're headed. Being like God, like Christ, growing spiritually, righteous and whole and healthy. He tells Timmy, make it your priority and exercise. You got to make it personal. Well, I work so much, Pastor. You know, it's just, come on. All those excuses, excuses, you hear them every day. Well, the devil, he'll supply them if from church you stay away. If, help me. You know, excuses, excuses. You hear them every day. Well, the devil, he'll supply them if from church you stay away. When the people come to know the Lord, the devil always uses If you keep yourself away from church. Something like that. He offers you excuses. We all have excuses. No more excuses. It's time we progress. So we can reap the reward of a right with God lifestyle. It must become our daily discipline. That's what he's telling Timmy right here. It's got to be a daily discipline in your life. Let me ask you a hard question. You ready for a hard question? If you're ready for a hard question, say, <coughs> I'm ready, Pastor. No, I didn't hear. <coughs> I, I, if you're ready for a hard question, <coughs> I'm ready. Come on, hit me with it. Come on. Are you progressing spiritually? Or are you digressing? Come on, let's be honest with her. Am I progressing spiritually? Am I growing spiritually? Or am I digressing? And let me just say, I know where some of you are wanting to hit. Oh, Pastor, there's a third pot. I'm just kind of stuck. Staying right where I'm at. No, you, you can't just stay right where you're at. Because if you're not pro- progressing, you're digressing. So don't, don't try to land in the middle and make yourself feel a little better about the lack of spiritual progress. Spiritual progress is not easy, it is a daily discipline. Exercise yourself toward godliness. That's what he tells Timmy, Timmy. And then here's two more. I'll give you them quickly. We got a, we got a little time. Uh, the, a daily spiritual growth guideline from Paul to Timmy. We must become, must become a daily discipline. It must become a daily decision. Everybody say decision. Listen, uh, you know, we used to sing this song. I have decided to follow Jesus. We sing that all the time and we'd give altar call, people get saved. We maybe should do that again. But listen, every day you need to sing that song and make that the I have decided. It's a daily decision. Let me show you what he says and says Timmy in verse uh, uh, thirteen. He says this, till I come, give attention to. Everyone say give attention to. And you ever you ever tell your kids, you ever tell your wife, you ever tell your husband, pay attention. Am I the only guy that gets that? Okay, all right. Am the only guy that ever said that? Pay attention, everybody. Say, pay attention. Parents, tell your kids right now, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. He said, give attendance to. Here is what he's saying. He's telling Paul. uh, Paul's telling Timothy, hold your mind towards something. Listen, we live in a cultural that can't keep a thought straight for anything. They are. uh, We've got dyslexic Christians who can't keep a a thought going. They're so distracted by the. Colt war that they can't keep their mind steady on one thing and get focused on one thing And, and let me tell you what's he saying you engage your brain around this thing you engage your soul around this thing you make up your mind I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired I don't want to sit here and lose the battle of this culture war anymore I'm tired of the devil running me left right up and down and chewing on me and messing with my head and messing with my family I'm sick and tired of it it's a I'm making up my mind I'm not going to lose this battle in life I'm going to put my mind I'm setting my face like a flint I'm going to grow spiritually if it it hair lips the pope for goodness sake I'm going to be like Christ I'm going to grow up and be a godly man and a god or a godly woman of God hallelujah I have decided this is what I'm going to do Hold your mind towards it. I'm not letting this get off. And he says this in verse uh, 15. Meditate on these things. Talking about spiritual growth and all the elements of spiritual growth. It means to revolve around in your mind. Don't let other things take control of your mind. You put it in your heart and in your mind. I'm going to grow spiritually. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow morning and let this Culture war, get a hold of me. I'm going to be victorious over it. I'm not going to let the culture of our day define who I am. I'm going to let the Word of God and the will of God define who I am. I'm going to exercise myself towards God. Hey, I'm going to set my alarm a little earlier. Whoo, you know, the Holy Ghost is moving when you can do that. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to get in with God and I'm going to get my Bible and I'm going to begin to pray. I'm going to read my Bible and I'm not just Grow a little this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get up in the morning. There's two things you gotta do when you get up in the morning. Get up before you gotta go. Set your clothes out early or something. Set the coffee pot a little. You gotta get up get your Bible and get Folgers in your cup the two things that's the best part of waking up and start growing up I don't want to get before God in heaven one day when I get to heaven Come <laughs> here I am <laughs> I'm so pathetic <laughs> It's a daily decision. It's a daily discipline. It's a daily decision. And number three, here it is. This is the cool part. It's a daily demonstration. Everyone say demonstration. You ever been to the gym where guys have arrived? I've never been. I've seen on TV. Where they arrive at a level and they want everybody to know. Ching ching stacking. Let me give you a demonstration. What are they doing? They're showing off. They're proud. God bless them. In a humble way, Paul's telling Timothy here. Let me tell you something. When you grow spiritually, you got to show others. You not only got to know the way, but you got to go the way, and then you got to show the way you got to demonstrate what Christ has done in your life. Look at it in 1 Timothy 4, 6. Watch this. Are you with me? Watch it. Look, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you talking to Timmy, Timmy, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourish, there it is, growing up in the words of faith and of the good teaching or doctrine which you've carefully followed. In other words, listen, the more you demonstrate, the more it becomes solidified in your life. Listen, here's the statement I want you to catch this morning concerning this. When we invest within others, look at this when we invest within others what has been invested in into us we become fully vested let's say that out loud together I'm about done here one more time when we invest in others, what has been invested into us, we become fully vested. That's what he said here in verse 6. When you began to invest in others, guess what? You'll realize, man, it'll it'll backfire on you, and you'll grow more spiritually. You know, one of the biggest joys I have from getting up here and preaching or even preparing for you and, grow, and teaching and learning, you know what I get? I get spiritually charged up. I get edified. I get built up. That's what he's telling Timmy right here. He said, man, you just, what? God's working in you. You invested in others and you become fully vested. To be vested means to secure, be secured in the possession of, to be protected and established. Listen carefully. When you start growing spiritually and then you begin to share it with family and friends, it solidifies in your life and you become more and more like Christ. Look what he says here. Oh man, verse 12, look at it. Let no one despise your youth but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Look in verse 16. Till Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this, listen, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Not those who just see you, those who hear you. The more you share and love and what God's doing in your life, the more you grow spiritually and the more difference you make in the world. If you're not growing, you're not going to grow people. Because growing people grow people. You see, we're called to give. Pardon me. We're called to gather. That's what we're doing today. Aren't you glad we gathered together? So glad you're here, because we're better together. We're called to together. Amen. Martin and Lou are some of our newest members. y'all wave your hand over there. There they are. Martin and Lou, God bless you, new members. They realize we're better together. We're called to gather, and we're called to grow. My responsibilities we read in Ephesians as the pastor of the church, leadership of the church, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so we can all grow and, 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 and press toward God's future for our life. We're called to gather. We're called to grow. We're called to give. That's next Sunday. Give to our missionaries, sure. Give our tithes and offerings, Sure. Give our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely, we give our lives. Our founding fathers wrote it down. They said, We're ready, listen to me. We're about to celebrate July 4th we lay our lives down we give up our fortunes our stuff for the sacred honor absolutely there's listen there are some things that are very much worth giving your life for for the glory of his name We're called to give. And we're called to go. We can't, we can't just sit here and grow up and get fat and happy. We've got to get out there where people need Jesus. In fact, let me give you one little quickie. Exercise yourself towards godliness. Everyone say godliness. Here's what it really says. Exercise yourself toward the gospel scheme. The way of the gospel. The way of the new, the good news. In other words, when you grow spiritually, it's not about you. Everybody says it's not about you. When you grow spiritually, let me tell you something. Spiritual growth will cause you to grow people. Exercise yourself towards the gospel scheme. And the gospel is all about lost people. Who are on their way to a devil's hell. They need someone to invest in them. Amen. Let's stand together. I think I took more than my allotted 20. Father, today, we thank you for your word. We know that growing people grow people. So today, we stand against the culture war of our day that is trying to undermine the process of becoming like you. Trying to undermine the progress of godliness or strong gospel living. We thank you. Help us to make it our daily discipline, our daily decision, and a daily demonstration in our life. In Jesus' name.